You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, obviously, it's draft night here. We are going to get into it. Uh, a little change in how we were going to do everything here. A little adjustments, but um, if, if you're going to go to a pinch hitter, you go to somebody from the OBR. Obviously, guys, the respect there from the work uh, that you know I do and the work that those guys do. It's 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 top shelf. I mean, we all and we always use it. We know who's working. Um, some of you who have been original listeners of Lockdown Browns remember Mr. Jared Mueller. Obviously, Jared's been on with me a couple of times. Uh, you know, I still pick on him for leaving the place a mess when he left. You know, guy just ran out, left his studios a mess. Jared, first things first. How are you? How are you? How's everything going? How are things at the OBR? You guys always always putting it out, man. Putting out the work, man. It's going good. You know, it's been a it's one of those uh, interesting years with the Browns uh, not having those top picks, and um, and because of that, the information flow has been a little interesting. In that, I don't have as much at times, um, but you know, it's been an exciting time. I love being a part of the OBR. The respect uh, that that organization and that uh, site has had, and now obviously partnered with 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports has, has been a lot of fun. And then uh, this week, I took over the OBR Straight Talk podcast, so uh, I'm back talking again. So now you got you and me. Uh, so Lockdown Brown's being uh, represented in two different areas, the originator and now the, the perfecter uh, over at LOB. And now uh, Straight Talk will be taken over by me. It won't be as often as yours, uh, but hopefully bring in uh, you know, that unique perspective. So excited to to actually care about the season more than the NFL draft. Uh, I do agree with you, and that was even the thing, because you know, we had gone on with this, and it was like, and you know, obviously an advantage for you guys over at the OBR, and an advantage for me was where the Browns weren't going to have the first-round pick. You know, who who was going to be there to talk about the draft? Um, look, it's really easy when anybody who's doing a show covers the Browns talks about you know, the first round and you have three picks. Yeah, sure. You can pick out 20 names and cover them. Sure. But now when you're not on the clock till 49, that's going to show the true testament of who's doing what, who's putting the work in. Uh, we'll, we'll take it off the bat here. Uh, as the time we're sitting down to record here, we are, you know, obviously well into, well, I want to say well into, um, because God knows they take forever to start these things. <laughs> um, but number one overall, uh, you know, after much, you know, it was basically, this was put out there three months ago. Josh Rosen, my God, I feel so bad for that kid. Kyler Murray is an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, Jared, you know, and I'll tell you right now, I was watching it on ESPN. They did such a fantastic job of breaking it down and what he brings in. The fact that you can get around the height, um, you're going to have to get around the lack of experience, and obviously he's going to have to hit the ground running. Um, but Kyler Murray won overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was pretty high on Josh Rosen last year, so I think it's a, a difficult thing when you're an NFL squad and you're gonna take your you're gonna pay a first, third, and fifth to get Josh Rosen, and the next year you're gonna fire a coach and basically fire that quarterback that you spent that money on or the that draft asset on, and and take up Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray is an exciting player. Uh, you got some worries, like you said, about experience. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who have one year of starting experience who are really, really good in the NFL. And so, obviously, the NFL has, has changed. It's it's growing in its ability to be more diverse and allow offensive systems to do things a little differently. Uh, and Murray is kind of the uh, poster child for that, both in his size as well as in his experience. So, we'll see how Cliff Kingsbury does. 
But we have to remember that Kingsbury was terrible in college, got fired <laughs> by his alma mater, and now they're they really are betting everything on Cliff Kingsbury because Kyler Murray isn't every head coach's kind of cup of tea. And so they're going all in on Kingsbury. If Kingsbury doesn't make it two or three years, the odds that Kyler Murray makes it are pretty low because it's all about where do you fit uh, and how do you fit. And so he fits great with Kingsbury. I'm not sure he fits with everybody. So um, he's definitely riding the coattails of Baker Mayfield. Um, he's riding some of the coattails of just the the movement quarterback. I don't think he's anywhere near Baker Mayfield. I would have had him lower than Josh Rosen, um, and I would have had him lower than Sam Darnold, and actually right around the same uh, place as Lamar Jackson uh, from last year. And so you're talking about a quarterback who would be fourth or fifth last year, uh, going number one overall this year to Arizona, uh, a team that has a lot of needs still and is going to get pennies on the dollar for Josh Rosen if they trade him. If not, their first, third, and fifth round pick from last year is going to be a backup. Well, yeah, and see, the issue here I have with this is, you know, look, I mean, Rosen, obviously you were going to pay, when you do move him, you're going to pay the tax because it's just as simple as buying a brand new car. You drive it off the lot, even now, now there's three miles on it, guess what? It's no longer a brand new car. So you're going to pay some tax. But the problem is, is this is such a team, this is a team that is so void of talent, Jared. Uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, oh, well, Larry wants to play one more year. I mean, for what? I mean, they're going to be drafting probably top five again. Even if Kyler Murray plays his ass off, David Johnson, who knows where he's at? Um, I, I, you know, it, it, the offensive line isn't very good. Apparently, Patrick Peterson could be moved. This team is so void of talent. For me personally, I would have traded way out of number one. I may have traded into the 20s and accumulated four or five extra picks. The, the problem now is you're putting the weight of the world on this kid's shoulders, and he's going into you know he's basically going in a gang fight, and he's got nobody with him. It's it's like it's like one or two against twenty. I I don't see how this is gonna work out long term. Kyler Murray may play may play ten to twelve years in Arizona, but it's gonna be a while before they're a good football team. Yeah, I mean it's the Carson Wentz Browns argument, right? <laughs> Browns traded out number two not just because of Carson Wentz but because Carson Wentz would have been surrounded by very, very little talent. And so he goes to Philadelphia where there's talent all over the place and, and things go pretty well. I don't think that happens in Cleveland because, again, fit, not just fit for scheme and all of those kind of things, but how do you fit with the players around you? How do you fit with that team? Are you able to carry the team? Baker Mayfield did a little bit of that last year. Or do you need a team around you that you can kind of play that solid uh, role in a team concept. Kyler Murray, based like you said, based on what's going on there, Kyler Murray's going to have to carry that team. Now, the expectation is at 33, they're going to pick uh, Inkel Harry uh, out of Arizona State, so they'll have that local kid with another weapon to go uh, along with uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk when he comes back from his broken foot. But where's the offensive line? Are they just going to throw the ball all day long? Uh, is Kingsbury going to think he's Chip Kelly uh, and have no defense? I mean, what's going to happen down there? But again, if you think a quarterback's worth it, you go get him. But they did that last year. And it's not that there's a different GM. That's the part that really, I think, doesn't get enough attention. This is the same stinking GM that made that decision last year. If it was a new GM saying, hey, that was their guy, I want my guy, that's a different conversation. This is the same dude somehow gets the opportunity to spend – Two firsts, a third, and a fifth 
to get two different quarterbacks in back-to-back years. I don't get it. No, and, and the other thing is, you know, I mean, I don't know how you ran Wilkes out the door after one year. We'll take him in Cleveland. We're totally fine with that. Thank you for that uh, <laughs> error and omission. So we're good there. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to take a while before they, you know, they, they can uh, do any damage. The other thing is you're chasing San Francisco. You're chasing the Rams. You are chasing the Seattle Seahawks. Now where now Russell Wilson is happy. Yikes. But, I mean, good luck and congratulations, Kyla Murray. It's going to be a long road. It's definitely going to be a long road. Which brings Sorry, us... I'm laughing. The some picks are the sixth pick is coming in right now, and I can't stop laughing. Just message it to me because it seems to only be getting. Oh, I I know where you're going. Then I know exactly where you're going. Then we'll we'll get, we'll get to there. it. Uh, Nick Bosa, number two, obviously to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yeah, another one here. Obviously, none of this is hidden. Um, yeah, I, I, I tell you, listen to him talk. I mean, he he came off in, he came off almost like he was like a lot younger than he was. Um, but look, San Francisco, uh, you know, obviously with you know, uh, you know, the, uh, added the linebacker in the draft last year. Obviously, just signed Quan Alexander. The defensive line is stout. Maybe, hopefully, maybe if you're San Francisco, you're not drafting top ten next year. Maybe you've done enough, and and we really don't have a true read on Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're going to throw him out there. Obviously, Kittle was a home run of a draft pick. Dante Pettis down the stretch looked really good. Hopefully, a changing of the overall you know, viewing of the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, Nick Bosa, you're going to need, hopefully, with Buckner, a second 10-plus sack guy in that defensive line. Well, and they think they get they got something with D Ford. I, I'm I'm a little out on him, but think about all the resources the Niners have now put in their defensive line with uh, Armstead, Buckner, D Ford, uh, Solomon Thomas, now Nick Bosa. I feel like I'm missing somebody that they've probably spent a top ten pick on, um, and so they've put a lot of of money into an, a defensive line that really <laughs> hasn't gotten after the quarterback. So um, instead. I think Nick Bosa is probably the best edge rusher here. Um, I don't think he's as good at Joe as Joey. I know other people have said he is. I just don't think he's as good as his brother. I just don't see that pop off the ball. I think he's a, a very good player. I think he's very technically sound. I think he knows how to play the game. All of those things are really important, but he just doesn't have that extra gear uh, when he plays that I saw out of his brother where he is out of his stance uh, and he is putting that offensive tackle on tilt really, really quickly. Oh, uh, there's no doubt about it. It's it's gonna work. Yeah, I think it's gonna work out well because you can probably ingratiate him slowly. But I agree. I I'm not sure he's his brother. And look, some of us can be wrong on this because look, he could have put together a monster final season in Columbus, but he didn't. But you know, so the, it's the old question of you know, I can't prove it if I didn't see it. And that's the problem I have with Nick Bosa. Uh, we'll just keep rattling off here. We're at least six p- six picks deep at this point. I'm sorry. I keep laughing when I say the six pick. Um, the Jets, uh, there was a lot of talk earlier the Jets were going to move out of this selection. Maybe the reason they were going to move out of this selection, Jared, is maybe they didn't feel he was going to be here. Obviously, there was some talk maybe about whether or not Kyler was going to end up going number one. I'm sure the Cardinals have a little concern about you know the way the contract's going to be structured. And look, you don't run away to the Oakland A's. That's not going to happen. If we're doing this, it's a marriage. You're here. But Quinn and Williams, number three overall to the Jets. And, man, you want to talk about a guy who looks like a baby. Uh, Quinn and Williams. But uh, if you're the New York Jets, you stay at three. You select the best player in the draft. 
it's a home run. You, you can't argue that. There's no way around it. Yes, they need pass rushing, but they'll just say we took the best player in the draft at three. You, you can't argue it. You can't. And the reality is, is we as media fans, everybody have to start really adjusting how we think of pass rushing and the sport in general. The ball is getting out of quarterbacks' hands quicker and quicker. The only people, at some point in time, it feels like the only people that are going to have a chance to really get after the quarterback are actually going to be those three-tech defensive tackles who are big enough and strong enough to fight off the guards in the center and the double teams, but are quick enough to, to split those and get to the quarterback. That straight line, if the if the ball's getting out in 1.6 seconds, 1.8 seconds, Miles Garrett is not getting there from the outside. Von Miller's not getting there from the outside. And as offensive con- offenses continue to adjust to that, I think you're going to see, again, Aaron Donald led the league in sacks last year from the middle. I know people love Quentin Williams. I was higher on Ed Oliver. But, again, you're talking about two very, very good players from the inside. And so when we talk about pass rush at this point, Quentin Williams may have been the best pass rusher still left. If you don't think Josh Allen's one great season at Kentucky was good enough, uh, Quentin Williams was your guy or Ed Oliver was your guy with Nick Bosa off the board. Oh, yeah. And look, I mean, you know, I, I will, you know, this is one, there, there's zero questions about it. Look, you have Leonard Williams, and maybe this is, look, Leonard Williams is kind of underachieved. That's fine. But if you're, you know, going to game plan, how, what are you doing here? And look, obviously, Jared, we know Greg, and Greg's thinking, well, all right, one Larry Ogunjobi was fantastic. I've now got two. So, right. you know, Greg is going to be able to have some fun with this and do some damage with this. And, well, Let's throw all the scouts out of the building. Let's rearrange our draft board here a little bit. Come on, John, me, you, Mike Mayock. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna we're gonna show everybody what we're made of. Cleveland Farrell, number four overall. Um, I, I like Cleveland Farrell, the player that he is. Uh, I think he would be a nice second pass rusher, second defensive end. And the Oakland Raiders take him four overall. So I, I would say this is almost the equivalent of Colton Miller last year. It's You drafted a guy you think is going to be a left tackle. You've already shipped him to right tackle. Um, so now our, if you're the Raiders, you're going to have to chase down the premium pass rusher next year. Or are you going to do it again? Uh, yikes, Jared. I mean, we're already off on a curveball at pick four. Yep, and that's the reality. I mean, the reality is you're right. He's a number two. He is a strong side uh, defensive end who can get after the passer, uh, can play very well against the run, but really doesn't stand out the way that you would want a number four overall pick, especially when you hear the rumors that the Bills were interested in trading up. Um, other people were interested in moving up to get at Oliver, Atlanta. All of a sudden, you pick Cleveland Farrell, who may have been available... 23 or whatever picks they have. I know they have a couple down there. I don't have all of those memorized right now. Could have been available down there, or you could have traded up from those picks. Instead, you pick a player who, again, great character, has a lot of good motor, a lot of skills, but just isn't that electric athlete. If you're going to take a risk there, I think Josh Allen would have made more sense. Um, I think Devin White would have made a lot of sense as a leader. Um, So I think there's just a lot of other ways to go. And just kind of that level of arrogance to say, hey, Colton Miller, we think we can make something of him. Cleveland Farrell, we think that's going to be something different. Let's kick all of our scouts out. Listen, 
those scouts, every single one of them could have called Adam Schefter or me or whoever and said, <laughs> hey, they're taking Cleveland Farrell. And I'd be like, yeah, thanks for lying to me. Appreciate it. See you later. No, but they wouldn't even have tweeted it. Yeah, I'm not putting that one out in the media. No one's going to believe that. <laughs> nope. Nope. Hey, every single – I've had 20 people call me from Oakland. They all say they're taking Cleveland Farrell. I'm not sure what they're trying to do, but I'm not putting that out anywhere because there's no way I'm putting that near my name. Exactly. Or it would have been, oh, so, you know, even if he did put it out, oh, so Oakland's looking very much to get out of pick four. They're looking to trade down, which would have not been a terrible idea when you are looking for a ton, a ton, a ton of pieces. But it's interesting. I think what's really, uh, especially for Browns fans, but is I think almost every team would be willing to trade down, maybe starting at Oakland at four. The problem is, is all everybody knows everyone's willing to trade down. But no one's willing to lower their price. And so, again, supply and demand is a real thing. You know, if if somebody comes up to me and offers me a million dollars, you know, there's some supply and demand there that worked out for me. I could negotiate. The reality is, is no one wants to lower their price, but everyone wants to trade down. So Oakland had some interest to go down to nine. But because the price maybe wasn't right. Instead of going down to nine, and I don't care what you got. If you're gonna if you exactly, go, you want to get out of Dodge. Take the loss. If you're gonna come you out get of this, Farrell and yes. a third round pick, you are still better off because no one was taking Cleveland Farrell between four and nine. So get your extra third, get your second, get your second next year, whatever that is going to look like. It just doesn't make any sense to me that teams get this stubborn about whatever they think their trade value is, especially even as you get a little bit later. Most people would say between pick 10, 15, somewhere in that area, and 40, 50, it's pretty much the same type of player. It just depends on what you're interested in. People become a little arrogant um, and just kind of focus on what they want. And again, if it works out for them, great. But Colton Miller, that's a great example of one that didn't work. Well, and the other thing here is, though, is, is this is where you may have the issue with Mike Mayock. Obviously, look, he knows players. He's evaluated talent forever. But there's also GM duties where it's how do I manufacture this trade to my benefit? And... This is stuff you don't know until you get involved in it, and this is where you know Mike is going to be a little bit out of the deficiency. Um, maybe he'll move, you know, a, a couple of these other picks and get his feet wet that way. But yeah, I don't know. You just, I mean, in this draft class, you're telling me you made a pick at four, and look, I mean, obviously Maurice Hurst and they they're okay at the defensive tackle position, and that's fine. But look, Ed Oliver is better than anybody else that plays on that interior defensive line. There's other positions you could have addressed here that were better than in return to Cleveland Farrell. It's it, it, it's just tough to see, and you know, and maybe that's why because any of these, yeah, I mean, they just didn't they didn't want any of these scouts to maybe leak something out where it, it just got to where the Raiders were a joke before this entire draft even started. Guys, iTunes, rating reviews. Um, uh, go ahead, leave a five-star, leave a written review. Obviously, always help with the growth of the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate you on that front. Uh, then we get to Jared. This is probably the most, I mean, besides maybe Kyla Murray and Bosa. I mean, but this is the most, you know, unhidden mm-hmm. secret um, for going on about, I would say, almost six weeks now. Devin White. And his horses will make their way to Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I hope they like the, you know, the water and things of that nature. Devin can take him on the beach, whatever he needs to do. It's really weird that all these draft prospects are in the horses because it's an expensive pet to have. But Devin White goes to Tampa Bay, and I don't think anybody's shocked here. No, not at all. I think it's, um, you know, obviously after Quan Alexander signs that huge deal in San Francisco, um, I think you're getting a leader, I think, um, 
What'll be interesting is the they keep putting money and picks into that position, um, but I don't know if they're really going to get you know what they want out of that. But I think White obviously has put himself in a position to be a solid player, a leader. Um, I don't pick a off the ball linebacker uh, in the top five. But I get it. I understand why they would do that. He's just not going to make the kind of impact um, that you tend to look for at that you know, top five pick. But again, teams get really, really focused on what they think they need. And um, positional value can sometimes go out the window when you're just wowed by leadership and traits. And do they think he can be a, a rusher as well as in coverage? You know, think he can do everything? Great. I understand. Um, again, not a pick that I would make, but we knew it was coming. Uh, we we kind of could just get kind of get our heads wrapped around it because that was coming um, for a long time. Me personally, I I think Devin Bush is the better player. Um, if you're Tampa, you still have a lot and you need a lot. And part of the problem is with Tampa is you're here with Jameis Winston, but you have no idea where your future is with him at the quarterback position. You have Bruce Arians, who admitted to everyone, like, look, if I take a head coaching gig, I don't know how long I have. So it's it's a rough recipe. Me, I would have gone defensive line. I, I would have gone something that's going to you know leave some meat not that De- Devin White can't go there for 10 years and be a great middle linebacker but I don't know if that's going to alter any path of this franchise that's going to you know get them better uh so it's great you drafted a very athletic inside linebacker that's fantastic and a guy who can chase guys down um he did have to deal with some of the fact that you know if you're playing at lsu you are you know you're basically playing in behind a defensive line of all guys that'll be in the nfl so you know it should make your college job easier uh i don't i just i just don't know how you think you're gonna recharge a franchise and just take them from where you are and you're behind the Saints. You are behind the Panthers. You are behind the Falcons. I, I just don't know how this is going to be enough to get you closer to playoff contention by just adding a middle linebacker. Um, maybe it would have. I don't know. I can't. I, I, can't. I just. I, I just can't. Um, <laughs> I like Devin White. I think he'll have a great future as a pro. I, I just don't think it's a big enough addition here when you're drafting fifth for a team that needs to find a way to get out of that cellar. And, all right, let me let me do the read here before I absolutely lose it when we get to this next one. Uh, remember, guys, to get the show every day, subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya and their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Browns. Uh, you know, ratings, reviews, follow, whatever. I do appreciate it, guys, so go ahead, check it out. If you're looking for a new podcasting form uh, or somewhere else, obviously, you know, uh, Himalaya, go ahead, check it out. Jared, pick six. It could, in my opinion, he could have been 36. It could have been 46. It could have been 66. No move, nothing. Dave Gettleman, this is my guy. Daniel Jones just went six in the NFL draft. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I mean, literally, this is the... I mean, there was always those jokes about Sean McVay, and if you he's like the him, the only reason they're doing this is because he's like the fourth Manning brother. That's right, like the only exactly. reason they have for this. It's it's ridiculous. It's looking at your idea of what a quarterback should be. It's getting scared at some level because all this noise of the Bengals and 
the Dolphins and all of those kind of things. Uh, okay, you're going to pick Daniel Jones, who isn't overly accurate, isn't overly a good quarterback. Um, and there's reports that they would have taken Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray. They already just took Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. Um, I did, <laughs> um, someone tweeted, um, when you trade with the Browns, you catch the Browns as if it's some kind of disease. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of, um, I can't think of what the name is, but in How I Met Your Mother, there's a there's a thing that people get um, if they left too early and then all the fun happens. Um, and it, you can kind of catch it if you're the next one to leave early and, and you're going to miss all this fun. Well, I, the Giants just caught it. And they caught it because they, they brought in Dave Gettleman, who last year picked Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Um, and then this year traded Odell Beckham and picked Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins at Oliver. Anybody else in the world? Um, Josh it, Allen. It, yeah. <laughs> You'd go Josh for Allen. days. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think it, what it does is it tells you a lot about um, some very old school way of thinking. I mean, he ran Josh Norman out of Carolina. I think that's the good thing for the Browns is uh, John Dorsey is old school. But he's embraced analytics. He's embraced uh, looking for talent in multiple ways. Dave Guttelman is just, we're going to do it my way. Pat Shermer is there, and we know what that was like in Cleveland. Um, the Giants are a laughing stock. Um, there's nothing they can do at 17 that's going to make this any better. Um, it's just not. And I think they have set their franchise up for failure. Um, how long ago was that that they drafted Davis Webb uh, to replace Eli Manning? Yeah, that worked out really well, too. I'm not sure which of these quarterbacks I'd rather have, Davis Webb or Daniel Jones. I'd rather have Eli. And everybody <laughs> who listens to this show knows how down, uh, down I am on Eli Manning. Um, but go ahead, take in, bring in all the, you know, you got Golden Tate, that's fine. So you got a whole bunch of wide receivers that excel in six to eight yard routes. There's no explosion. Um, Saquon Barkley, it's going to be a brick wall. Everybody, you know, obviously the political phrase, the wall, the wall. Hey, <laughs> talk to Saquon and Bar Barkley about it because that is literally what he's going to see because there is going to be no fear anywhere yeah look uh, it, it, the, the problem with the giants is everybody in the building they're dinosaurs they are and i'm not talking like good dinosaurs that miles garrett loves everybody is 70 plus and they just will not do anything to change the way they think or j change the way they view things and look they would have not touched kyler murray in a million years and i've said this a million times they would not have touched dwayne haskins Go and look and look at every guy who's ever started a quarter at quarterback for the New York Giants since their existence, except for one game where they pulled him and put Eli Manning back in. Guys, I'm not trying to say something, but I am saying something. Um, we'll get to this last pick here, and you know, obviously want to thank Jared here for joining us. Um, Jacksonville, they got to be sitting there going, okay, so good Josh Allen. Maybe, I mean, a lot of people who will say, you know, I mean, there's some people who will debate maybe he's a better player than Quinn Williams because of the versatility, the great pass rusher, um, can drop and is capable of doing that. He dropped, uh, it was almost 47% of the time, I do believe. Jacksonville just gets a gift handed to him. And this is something I talked about last night is Jacksonville needs to get back to what Jacksonville was. They need to be really stinking good on defense. Um, because that's how they got to an AFC Championship game that they should have won. You need to be really good, elite on defense, and I think bringing in Josh Allen takes them closer to that level. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, 
when you're Jacksonville, you had really two options. One, you spent a lot of money on Nick Foles. Can you get him a weapon? Um, you know, the tight end from Iowa could have been an option. Uh, some people thought DK Metcalf, which would be ridiculous because um, he's not really a wide receiver. He's a sprinter. Um, but I think you are right. Josh Allen brings them back to kind of that elite defense, stout up the middle. Uh, they've got, obviously, the corners out there in Bouye and uh, Jalen Jay- Ramsey who is obviously amazing as long as Tom Coughlin doesn't Dave Gettleman it up and piss off everybody on that roster. Uh, Josh Allen's going to get after the quarterback, and he's going to have people in front of him, whether that's Calais Campbell or those type of guys, who are going to free him up to get after the quarterback. So I think he he is the lead pass rusher uh, for rookies next year based on, again, fit matters. And they're just going to let him get after the quarterback. He's going to be better than Dante Fowler was uh, for the Jaguars, and I think uh, that's going to be a really, really good fit for him, just like he would have fit pretty well with the Jets, who already had some interior players that could take um, some of those blockers away. So I think Josh Allen, again, he had one really good year. The step up from uh, last year to, to this year, sorry, two years ago to last year, was pretty big. And so there are some questions whether he just succeeded against a little bit lower competition and low expectations and just had this one breakout year, but it's really not real. But I think everybody looks at it on tape, sees elite bend, uh, sees ability to get around the corner. And I think that's really going to allow him to succeed in Jacksonville. And again, allow take some pressure off Nick Foles where he doesn't have to try to carry a team. His defense, he knows. He can hand it off to Leonard Fournette for 3.4 yards per carry. Make that's, a few three, three. of those good that's throws. Three, three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Got to be 3-4. Um, and then go from there. So uh, I think really that's going to be um, kind of their plan is let the defense just kind of go at him. Uh, and again, make your strength a strength. And it's one of the things that I'm intrigued to see about John Dorsey. Does he try to go after the defense or does he go, hey, our offense is really good. Let's make it better. I think that's a different way of thinking in the NFL nowadays. Um, so Josh Allen, I think a, a really good pick for them there. Yeah, uh, and the other thing, obviously, uh, Yannick Ngakwe is a fantastic pass rusher mm-hmm. as well. So they have done a, an incredible job. And I give Jacksonville a ton of credit. And I, I, I look, I totally agree with Tom Coughlin. Is, and this is what happened here with the Giants. So now Tom's just a little bit older, a little bit crankier. Um, <laughs> you, he, you just, I think the disconnect between a guy closer to 70 and guys who were in their early 20s, mid-20s, it's, it's a light years difference. And it's fine to say, look, I want you guys here 10 minutes early. That's fine. But the, why is nobody here at OT- voluntary OTAs? Well, the, the key word, it's, there's the key word there is voluntary. Um, but I do love the selection. And the thing I do love is Josh Allen is that guy. He will buy into you know Tom Coughlin, you know, and, and what the organization is doing, and this is the way we want you to act, and we'd like you to be here at voluntary OTAs. Josh Allen is that type of guy. Obviously, a fifth-year player at Kentucky, walked into Kentucky at 190 pounds, walks out of there at 250. I actually had an uh, opportunity last spring um, to I actually met his uh, college coach. I, I got to talk to him. He told me a little bit about. I mean, his high school coach talked to uh, about the man that Josh Allen is. He's a really, really great young man. Committed. Obviously, you see that with the growth as a player. Obviously, his body, everything he's done. Uh, Jacksonville got themselves a great selection here, um, guys. We're going to get you a couple more here this evening, a couple more shows and recordings. But I do want to thank Jared Mueller, obviously former. And the, I guess I would say the pioneer of Lockdown Browns. <laughs> um, but Jared, you and the guys over the OBR keep kicking ass, keep taking names. Uh, you know, the respect there, dude. You guys know the level is high. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon, and we'll see how hilarious the rest of this draft will be. I don't think you're beating Cleveland Farrell and uh, Daniel Jones in the top six, but we'll find out. Yeah, and uh, just a little tease for everybody. Uh, the Bills were ready to trade to three and still got their guy at nine. So so there's that. Uh, but, Jared, thank you so much. Guys, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go, Browns.